Welcome back to the Smarter Brain Now show right here with AE Mind. My name is Lewis Angel, your memory coach, and we have a very special and unique guest with us. We have a neuroscientist. He is Dr. Reef Kareem, a transformational neuroscientist. He's a medical physician who got his degree from UCLA. He's also a creative artist, so we're going to be talking a lot about how to use that skill set of being a creative artist when it comes to learning and in the education space. But on top of that, listen, he, he has truly mastered the art and skill of connecting our minds, our left brain and our right brain in a more integrated uh, fashion for an integrated neural network for high performance and innovation. So I have a lot of questions for him and uh, I'm sure he has a lot of answers for us and, and he's gonna be able to help each one of us to just tap into our, our mind's full potential to go out there and accomplish great things. So thank you so much, Dr. Reef, for taking uh, some time out of your busy day to come on the show with us. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I, I appreciate anybody interested in, in, in developing or empowering their mind because it, it sounds like such an easy concept. Like it, it's like, oh, of course you want to do that. But it, it's just shocking to me and a lot of other people how, how many people just ignore their mind. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like you'll, you'll get your pecs, you'll get your biceps, you'll get your triceps. But for some reason, people don't spend as much time engaging their mind that they should. And it's the most important thing because in order for you to be able to do all of those other activities, whether it's physical or mental, you need to make sure that you have a strong mind and a healthy brain as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we think about like, let's, since we started on this, let's just keep, keep this up. There, there's so many people that want to lose weight. There's so many people that want to go to the gym. They want to look better. They want to have more muscles. Okay. So a piece of that is getting, uh, you know, doing rows and, and do, doing bench presses and squats and, you know, lat pull downs and all that. But what drives you to the gym? Mm -hmm. What gets you to the gym? What gets you motivated towards the gym? What gets you up in the morning and says, you should go to the gym? Because also what gives you the energy and the oxygenation after the gym of being able to live your life in, in a more optimized way? Mm -hmm. and, and it's that just that concept of optimization of our life that comes from our mind. And so the, the more we spend time empowering our mind, the more we are successful at all sorts of other things we want to do with our life. So with that, I mean, right now we're living through very challenging times all over the world, not here in the, not just here in the United States, not just in Canada. I have a lot of friends in Canada, you know, Mexico, but all over the world, a lot of people are, are going through their, their challenges, mainly because of the pandemic that's going on from people being out of work to people like what we're just talking about right now, wanting to go to the gym. Let's say that they have that strong mind, that strong willpower to go to the gym, but then gyms are closed or there's all these restrictions. And what would you recommend for people to do to strengthen their minds right now during these, these tough times um, for them to be able to, let's say if they want to go to the gym, they can't, what are some alternatives they can do? Or, you know, do they just give up or do they just find a way to, to make it happen regardless? Yeah. I, as a, as a, Mental health expert. I mean, my background is uh, I've been this like secretive creative artist, I guess. <laughs> and I'm Indian and and uh, I have very, very strict conservative Indian parents. Mm -hmm. And the day I was born, my dad made an announcement. Okay, everyone gather around, gather around. I've decided he will be a doctor. And then there was like this big moment and all these claps. Right. And so, so I've been, you know, 
governed in my family to to become a physician. And so I, I got double boarded in psychiatry and addiction medicine hmm. and uh, did a lot of my training at UCLA. And, and then I've always had this very strong creative side. I've acted in Bollywood movies. I've acted in movies out here. I wrote uh, and consulted for a TV show. I've danced for a, a long, long time on different dance companies, a swing and salsa dancer, um, a Latin dancer. Wow. I've, I've done storytelling. I've done storytelling. I've done all sorts of different things from improv to stand up to you name it. And one of the reasons I did it was because I enjoyed it and it was fun. Mm -hmm. And I loved expressing myself because I started in this very conservative, no voice environment, this immigrant family that where we had no voice because our parents were in this survival mode and this immigrant survival mode of being lucky to be in this country. Yeah. And I think a lot of immigrant families are like that. And the the creativity was an outlet initially for me. But was then it a, that, a, like that a source of kind of a, a rebellious phase that you were going through, like mom and dad are telling me to do this, but I don't want to. So that's why I'm going to go into the creative side of, of things. I, I feel like creativity, it, it calls you. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 and it's not necessarily the creativity that calls you. It's the need to express calls you. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're holding back uh, yourself, when you're holding it for anybody who's listening, like when you're holding back your voice, when you're holding back your ideas, um, your, your thoughts, your beliefs, your whatever, your sexuality, your culture, it, it, there's a price to pay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that price to pay is essentially suppression is the concept of consciously holding back. So you usually start out in this suppression mode. It's, it's too scary and it's too fearful. Uh, it's too fear ridden to, to express myself. Um, so then, so you, so you suppress who you are, that suppression turns into an unconscious holding back. And that unconscious holding back is repression. And once you engage in suppression and repression, there are costs. One of those costs is um, depression, it's anxiety, it's feeling defeated. It, it, it's like, I'm never going to live the life I want to live. It's fatigue. It's distraction. It's escapism. Um, it, it's it's all sorts of issues that come with it. So for me, you know, I started to feel that God, I'm never going to be able to do what I want to do with my life. Like I'm 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 just not going to do things that I that I feel like I was called to do and I was destined to do. So I think at first creativity to me that I was making SNL, you know, Saturday night live videos in my living room. Right. And my, and my mom, I'll, I'll always remember this. Um, my, my mom was doing laundry and, and while I was making these videos, she kind of looked over at me and she's like, you know, you're not funny. There, there is nothing funny about you. The only thing funny is if you wouldn't go to medical school, that would be hilarious. You know, it, it was, it was constant, like, I kind of shaming. I mean, it's funny now, but at the time it was, it was kind of like this kind of shaming. Mm. And so initially I think the creativity was just an outlet for me. Okay. Um, and then it became maybe a little bit of rebellion, as you said, but then it turned into a, a mechanism, a technique. It was, it was not only a, a way of expression, it was a way of integration. Um, and 
that way of integration is we get so locked into um, a certain way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a, well, I call it a conformity mindset. Uh, and, and it's like, we were taught to do it this way by, uh, by our professors, uh, by our parents, by, you know, YouTube, <laughs> by, by whoever. And that suddenly is the lens that becomes the lens that we see the world. And, uh, and, and sometimes we need to shake up that lens uh, and and do things in a different way. And so creativity is it's it's a it's a tool. It's it's a mechanism to to become more flexible in your mind. And when you become uh, when you become more flexible, you start to be able to creatively problem solve. Hmm. And you you find new solutions. You find new ideas. Um, you have that. You know we've all heard the generating aha moments, uh, and and that helps you to open up your world. Yeah, because I I mean I really like what you're saying here, and I think it really resonates with a lot of people because I think that a lot of people right now are being forced into these suppressive and repressive states because they have to be in lockdowns or they can't go out and do the things that they normally can um, otherwise. So I, I have a strong feeling that a lot of people are going through these higher rates of depression at the moment um, because of all this, because maybe they do want to tap into that creativity that they have. And that's one of the things for me, um, right before the interview, I told you I was in Puerto Rico at the moment. Yeah, I'm a California boy, born and raised Southern California all my life. Um, and I never thought that I would ever leave California, like actually live out of that state in that region um, until I came here to Puerto Rico. And I came mainly because I was being a little rebellious. I was like, no, I don't want to live by those lockdown rules over there. Let me come over here. And there's still a lot of, um, you know, rules and regulations we have to live by here. But it's I feel a lot more free. I'm, I'm out here in nature. I can go out into the rivers and just go for a swim and, and think. And my creativity is flowing more than ever here because I'm out of that box that society was putting me in. Um, what do you what do you recommend right now for people that might feel similar to how I felt? And maybe they can't just like pack up and leave like I did. Um, it, are there ways that they can, like you're saying, you tapped into that creativity that, that was in you by, by going out and do, taking improv classes, being an actor, being you know, a comedian. What do you think that people can do right now to really tap into that, even though they might be in a forced, like, enclosed area at the moment? Yeah, I, I've been asked quite a bit to, to comment on that, whether it's it's, it's you know national media or it's just people um, hitting me up on on Instagram or or by email or you know just reaching out to me, and and so I, cr I actually created a document to help people oh, awesome. during this time. Yeah, and and it just because I got asked so much, I was like, well, there's got to be something I can do just to help people. Yeah. So I created a document called Design Your New Normal, mm. and um, it's it's going to, uh, it's going to, I think, help a lot of people. It's uh, newnormalmanual.com. So newnormalmanual.com. Uh, also I'll make, I'll on my website. that in the description so everybody can go and get that, but go to newnormalmanual.com, everyone, and get that. Yeah, and you can also go to my website. It's just reefkareem.com, K-A-R-I-M.com. Perfect. Um, and you'll see it. It'll be up there. 
So, so essentially I wrote a manual right when this crisis hit called the crisis manual and that's the crisis I wrote that up then. And that was, look, there's a certain mentality that goes along with being in a crisis. It's crisis thinking. And so what happens is we're inundated with thoughts about crisis. And so when, when that happens and, um, we're 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 surrounded by crisis wherever we go we start thinking in a crisis way hmm. and i i have this this diagram that i have called the three rhythms and our three rhythms is kind of how we're living in our life we can be living in a state of crisis we can be living in a state of stabilization and we can be living in a state of growth and crisis thinking is really devoid of creativity there's no creativity right. when you're in crisis. Uh, you just don't have room for it. Um, you also tend to make, you t- tend to have more impulsivity and you tend to make more poor decisions because your decision are based on impulsivity and they're based on fear. And when you're, you know, when you're fear decision-making and, and impulsive decision-making, it's usually not going to be good. Mm-hmm. So, so I wrote a manual of how people can start to overcome that fear-based mentality and switch into a kind of more stabilization and then heading to growth. So the first manual is just about crisis. And again, that's at thecrisismanual.com. But the the new one is uh, I started looking at people that were slowly coming out of crisis and they were stuck in stabilization. And what that means is that, you know, you're not dying you're you don't have covid or you you survived covid but you're stuck you're like okay i i don't know what to do with my life right now i don't know how to change because i'm i'm being as you said i'm being forced into this like state mm-hmm. and uh i don't know how to change and i don't know what to do and so i need to figure out i feel overwhelmed and this, this sucks. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know what to do and where to go. Right. So I created this manual called, you know, design your new normal. And the concept of that is that there is a new normal that we all talk about. Uh, and that new normal is masks. And it's, you know, everybody's talked about this in the news. It's, it's masks, it's sanitizers, it's separation, it's, you know, homeschooling, it's all that stuff. And, and that's fine. That is, that is kind of our, as you said, our, like our forced rules. The, those are, that's the forced way of life right now. Yeah. And people can rebel against it and you can leave, you could do whatever you could leave in your mind. You can, whatever you need to do. But um, that's the new normal on the outside. Yeah. And the point of the manual is you can also design a new normal on the inside. And that means uh, to do a really good survey kind of analysis awareness of where you are in your life right now. And uh, I can guarantee you that even the boldest, cockiest person in the world can say to themselves, yeah, there's some areas for improvement here. Hmm. Yeah, there's some things I haven't done yet. Um, and And so... I've got many techniques in this. It's the manual's like 32 pages or something. It's uh there there's a lot of techniques. And I'll just go over a couple here. Yeah. But you know, one of them is are you a gatekeeper of your mind? Mm. Um and 
And when I say that, people are like, what are you talking about? You know, and, and essentially, what do you let into your mind? Uh, if you're, if you need to be a gatekeeper of your mind, because we can get cluttered, we can get scattered, we can be overwhelmed. And, and why is that? Because we're in this age of, of rapid information. And so people get fatigued in their minds. And people also take in um, a lot of negativity in their mind. And so if you're constantly watching um, CNN, and you're constantly watching or Fox News, and you're listening to your neighbor, you know, your, your neighbor, John, who's constantly saying the world's going to end, man, the world's going to end. This is it. It's going to white take us out. This virus is going to take us out. Like if you're constantly listening to negativity all of the time, that is going to start to infiltrate your mind. Yeah, I felt and, that during when the Minnesota um, like protests were going on, I, I was watching and I don't normally do this, but I was watching nonstop for like 12 hours straight like all the riots and all, you know, the, they were burning down buildings and all this. I was like, and, and I, I wanted to get off of it, but I just kept like tuning in. I kept, you know, refreshing to see if anything else was going on. And that was one of the catalysts to make me want to say, I need to stop this because I'm feeding into or I'm letting, like you're saying, um, it, you know, the gatekeeper, I was allowing and leaving the gates open so that all that negativity mm -hmm. was flooding my brain. And I was like, I don't like feeling this way. I need to get out. You're, that is a prime example of what I'm talking about. Because think about it. Let's think about. It. Let's get inside your head. If if you're not, you know, if you don't, you don't feel too exposed with that. But like, yeah, you were. You said it. Leaving the gates open for negativity. So what happens to all of us? Why do why do we think reality TV works? Why is it so popular? Because we, you know, we we voyeuristically digest this information of other people. Um, and, and that's just what we do as human beings. We, we want to, we want story. We, we, we want, we want drama. We want story. We want to uh, understand something. And, and so the combination of fear of missing out the voyeuristic digestion and seeing something we've never seen before on TV, um, you can literally become not truly addicted, but like almost like an addiction where you're constantly just viewing something robotically uh, without conscious awareness of how much you're taking in of that negativity. Yeah, definitely. Um, I felt like I was a robot <laughs> during many of those times. And I was like, I got to turn all this off and just leave. What are some, some, some ways that we can strengthen that conscious and unconscious part of our brain that, that wants to keep watching reality TV or keep you know, wants to keep watching the news when we know deep down that it's not good for us? Are, are there any like, tips or techniques that you would suggest for us to strengthen that gatekeeper within us to, to stop that negativity from coming in? Yeah, you've got you've to find ways to shake up the system. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever you're, you're you know, I call it swimming in negativity. But when it, whenever you're swimming in this negativity, um, it, it's important that you do something that either evokes energy or evokes passion or, or is, is uh, 
it, it is almost like a reset in 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 your mind. So an example is you know something that you do right now. You mentioned is you go out in nature um, when you're in Puerto Rico. Nature is a huge huge way to shake up your system. Uh, the the combination of the sounds, the combination of being out in the air. Uh, there's all sorts of studies looking at seeing the ocean and what that does to your system and can it increase your, you know, your neuroendocrine hormones, uh, oxytocin, can it, can it elevate serotonergic response? Can it, you know, do you get some kind of a dopaminergic hit from it? There's, there's all sorts of things from nature when you're looking at nature and neurotransmitter or neurotransmission of what happens in your mind. So, so that's definitely one. Things that light you up in regards to passion is another. Um, if you, I happen to, and this is not a great example, but it's an example that I think is is useful. I love college football. I love college basketball. And I love rockabilly music and Latin music. Mm-hmm. Now, you said you're in Puerto Rico, which is great because I love, I love the music <laughs> from there. But like those are things that I know light me up when I start reading or watching some kind of college sports or I'm listening to some great music and I also like comedy so so comedy is another thing for me but like I know those things are they light me up their passion their passion uh, uh I don't even call them hobbies they're just like passion moments for me so if I'm feeling stuck I'm gonna find some kind of passion moment for me I'm gonna write comedy or I'm going to look at comedy. Um, I'm going to call a buddy of mine who who we share a lot of comedic moments together. Um, I'm going to play a Latin song. I'm going to rockabilly dance in my living room. I'm going to take a ride in my car. I've got an old car. Um, I'm going to do something that that lights up. We don't really have a passion circuit, but it, it, metaphorically, that lights me up that way. And so, you know, that's obviously one. Passion is one. Nature is one. Music is one. Um, the other is novelty seeking. When we're when we're in a routine, um, a, a routine way of life, and in this case, it might be a combination of like waking up late, Netflix and ice cream, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, and we're in, we're in this, uh, we're in this routine. You need to break the routine. And so novelty seeking will break the routine. What's something new that you can do um, to shake things up. And it could be, um, it could be as simple as eating new food or doing a new recipe, cooking something. It could be, um, taking an online dance class. It could be um, taking on, like learning a new skill online. A friend of mine just learned like Photoshop and editing so he could do his home movies and he's like loving it. Um, and and there's just anything you can do that's new. And, and I don't think people realize the power of new. Like we have a, we have a reward circuit in our brain because I know this is a brain uh, uh podcast. So I, I have to mention some brain stuff. <laughs> so we have we have a, a circuitry in our brain. Some people call it the pleasure circuit pathway. Um, obviously, scientists call it more of the reward circuit pathway. And there's, there's three primary areas, the ventral tegmentum, the nucleus accumbens, and the prefrontal cortex. And essentially, when something that um, is rewarding enters our, our brain, um, it, it gets it gets 
that area of the brain gets activated and it's activated usually through dopamine. There's a dopaminergic elevation increase in tone that goes along with it. Um, and it makes you feel good. And when you feel good, you want to continue to engage in that behavior. So the way that it, the way that our brains developed is we developed this circuitry for our own propagating our own species. Because when we drink, when we're really thirsty, when we drink water, it feels amazing. When we eat, when we're really hungry, it's like, oh, it feels amazing. When we have sex, it feels amazing. And when we um, nurture our young, our babies, it feels amazing. Well, there's a reason for that. So you keep doing it so that we continue our species, we continue raising our young, and we survive. So what happens with drugs, like drugs of abuse, is they hijack that same circuitry. They elevate dopamine based on you know taking heroin or cocaine, or that's why certain drugs are uh, reinforcing and rewarding in our brains. Well, if if our entire system, this whole reward circuitry system, was based on behaviors like sex and eating and raising our young and all of that, well, then it can also propagate maybe in smaller amounts, but propagate new behaviors that we take on. If there's something good that we take on and it lights up that area of our brain, we're going to want to keep doing it. Exercise does that. Taking a nature walk does that. Running does that. Dancing does that. And I'm sure everyone in your audience has at least two or three things they do or they could do that are new, that are going to kind of excite them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if you continue to do things that are a little exciting in your mind, you expand the flexibility of your mind, and it takes you further and further away from the negativity that you're ingesting every time you watch a news show and you're seeing riots or death totals or, you know, other things that are going on. By no means am I saying you should like start hugging everybody you know, not wear masks or do this or do that, you still got to protect yourself. But within the protection that you already have, there are many, many ways you can expand your mind. I like that. So definitely for everyone listening, um, I would also recommend this, just like Dr. Reef is, but he's saying, do something new, push yourself, step out of your norm, um, step out of that routine that you're currently on even if it's it's challenging, and even if there are these other force restrictions around you, um, whether it's a, a book that you've been putting off, you're like, no, why, well, you know, what's the point of reading this right now? I'm not gonna be able to use this information at the moment, but you will eventually. Um, or maybe it will lead you to other discoveries. Or maybe, like for me, um, I've always been fascinated, fascinated with solar energy and solar power. Um, and I've always wanted to like build solar systems. And now being here in, in Puerto Rico, I wanna help people with with their energy because you know power outages happen all the time here tropical storms hurricanes so i just started I, I i like the idea of the one take one action one step just one step that's all you need and if you want to stop after that and take a break cool but i i like to do this where i just look up a youtube video how to install a solar system a self you know self-created solar system <laughs> um so i just did that i watched one video i was like okay this is interesting and then I went to Home Depot. I walked up and down the aisles of uh, the solar panel aisles. I was like, okay, this is awesome. I didn't buy any, but I was just walking by just to start getting my brain wired and triggered to, to start thinking about that at an unconscious level. At least I found that that works best for me. 
Um, you said you like uh, dancing, <laughs> Dr. Eve. I just started, um, I picked back up on my salsa and bachata because the classes I was taking in Orange County, I mean, they've been closed and shut down for the past several months. Um, but I just picked up my iPad the other day. I was like, okay, YouTube, salsa dances, beginner classes, step one, even though I've already, I'm already like a little bit further on. I was like, let me just start again. Let me start over um, because I, I've been putting them off for, uh, for several months. So I would definitely recommend for people to do that. You know, pick something up. Um, in the education realm, did you ever find when you were going um, through your studies that you were, you know, a straight A student? You found that you you didn't really struggle as much with uh, with with learning information, or did you um, did you have any trouble going through school yourself? Well, I'm a big believer that you're going to do better in school if you're interested in school. Mm. And what you're interested in is what you're going to do better in. And um, for me, I, I, I was, I always, I've always been super curious and I don't like being force fed anything. Um, and it's hard. School sometimes is hard when you're force fed something. And especially if you don't necessarily agree with what you're being told yeah. and, and, and it's hard. So I think the people pleasing side of me uh, made sure that I got good grades. Uh, but I also wanted a very integrative, an integrative education. I didn't want to just become some great biology chemistry kind of person. I, I took, you know, I, my major was by, I think I was biology broadcast journalism with a minor in theater. And I, you know, I did a ton of different stuff. And when there were, when there were personal issues that happened in my life, like my parents getting divorced or like, you know, just everybody has some kind of tragedy of some sort. And when something comes up, my grades would suffer because I wasn't in the zone of this wasn't the most important thing in my life right now. And, you know, and that's, that's when I, when I talked to, when I do like nonprofit work, I talk to, you know, some kids that are in underprivileged areas and, or they're socioeconomically challenged their families and I don't think people realize when you don't have, I, th I think people, in fact, I think people now that were in this forced quarantine situation, I think they now maybe might have a little more empathy towards uncertainty. Hmm. Because when you have uncertainty in your financial situation or where you grew up or your neighborhood or your parents' ability to put food on the table or um, just any of those things, that uncertainty is going to weigh on you when you're studying or when you're trying to work or when you're taking in new information. Right. And I think people can sense that now what's going on in the, especially people that have been privileged, people that have been privileged are some of the people that are like, you know, they're agitated the most right now because they're so used to being able to do what they want to do. And, and, you know, with, with less, difficulties with comfort and they are uncomfortable now and i think they're not used to it and because they're you know whoever's not used to being uncomfortable is going to freak out right now because not only do you have the fear of the virus you have the fear of like change the fear of having to do things differently that's that's not easy for a lot of people so i i, I don't ever want to discount the power of um uh, uncertainty on our minds we have strong minds and we have to acknowledge that and we have to um, take the right steps, the right actions to make sure that we, we keep strengthening them moving forward, especially right now. Um, 
I know that you focus a lot on addiction as well. Um, do you think that social media, the social media addiction, um, has had any type of negative impact on on people, and whether it's a youth, teenagers, or even us as adults, um, has it have any any negative impact in in your eyes? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not one of those people that's like social media is amazing and. You know, there's there's different people out there. They're just all social media, and we're all products, and we should be marketing ourselves all the time. I'm not that person, but I'm also not the anti-social media either. That like social media sucks. We should everybody should get off of it. Although there have been moments where I feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the it, I always ask people if, if if anybody ever says, "Listen, I'm having issues with social media." I'll be like, "Well, tell me about your relationship with social media," yeah. and they're like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, no, just tell me about your relationship. When do you get on it? When do you get off of it? How much time do you spend on it? What triggers you to, to use it? Um, you know, how do you feel when you get off? And, and it, it's surprising how different people have different relationships with, with social media, where you'll, you'll have some people that are so social media is a form of escapism and it's like okay i want to learn about others lives so i don't have to think about my own right and uh it's it's pure escapism uh and and that's one way another is comparison Mm -hmm. for some people it's like i'm going to get on social to see what other people are doing to see where i fall on the social ladder and uh you know, are they going to better parties than me? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? For some people, it's validation seeking. It's like, okay, so um, I just put up this photo of me and uh, I'm wearing this really cool outfit. I'm going to see how many likes I get. And they're kind of waiting for likes or they're waiting for comments or, and and that's going to externally dictate how they feel about themselves. And that's obviously a problem as well. Um, and, and, you know, for some people it's a business thing and it's like, Hey, I I'm trying to generate an audience on social. I'm trying to generate a community because I want to create an impact or because I want to sell something or because, uh, I want to share my philosophy on something to make the world a better place or whatever. And, and that's not as bad as, you know, that's a potentially a good thing in comparison to others. But I always ask people like, you got to give yourself like an honest analysis of why you're on social and what it's doing for you in your life. Yeah, because I I feel that I can view it two ways. See, I'm a business person, so I I use that as my get out of jail free card. Uh, whenever I you know I'm just aimlessly scrolling, I'm like, no, it's fine. It's it's because uh, I'm I'm building an audience. I'm building um, you know a following so that they can. You know, I can give them good information and they could potentially go and sign up for my free, um, you know, email and uh, get my free ebooks and whatnot. But at the end of the day, if I really just strip all that down, I am just wasting time scrolling through, hitting the likes, <laughs> seeing how many people like my stuff. Um, even though I try to justify that by saying, no, this is purely for business means, but it's really, it really isn't um, if I'm being real with myself. So I tend to delete Instagram a lot and then I install it again a week later. Um, but I feel like a lot of people do that. You know, I, I go and throw, I scroll through um, the feed and I, I feel like a lot of people are in very similar bubbles. Um, and at the same time, 
I do see how it is beneficial to us, especially right now, because I, I do feel more connected than ever to some of these people, to a lot of these people that I normally would be able to just, you know, hang out, drive down a few hours away, drive down, hang out for the day, come back or fly to my friends in Canada and hang out for, for a week and come back. But I literally cannot do that right now because the borders are closed. Um, so I feel like social media right now, although it can have its negative effects, it, I, I, I feel that it is also um, beneficial for a lot of us when it comes to connecting um, with our friends and our loved ones. Social distancing, that term social distancing, I think it needs to be rephrased to physical distancing because we need that social aspect of our lives. Um, and, and I think a lot of us are missing that. And I think a lot of, uh, that's a reason for a lot of people maybe going through their depressive states. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, m most mental impairment includes uh, isolative behavior. And, and that that's usually not forced. It usually comes as a symptom related to some kind of mental impairment. But in this case, uh, there's the lack of hugging and the lack of touch and you know the lack of of, of connecting in the way that we used to is definitely going to have a mental health impact on people. And, but I I don't think it's wise to replace the. Uh, assume that by seeing somebody on social media, seeing them, not connect, not connecting with them, just like researching and seeing them, that that's going to replace your need for connection. Hmm. Like it's, it's not a true connection. Now, if let's say you and I were buddies for a long time and um, I reached out to you on Instagram the day you stopped deleting it and you brought it back. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I was like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a long time was just checking out your uh, a couple of photos that you put up in Puerto Rico. I hope you're doing well, you know, miss miss talking to you. Yeah. And you and you hit me back and you were like, Yeah, you know, it's a tough time, but I'm so glad you reached out. You know, I was thinking about you as well, blah, blah, blah. I, I will feel good from from that. I'll, I'll be like, Oh, here's a connection that I used to have that is a part of my life. And I've just reconnected and that feels really good. But but me just looking at you, seeing pictures of you in Puerto Rico might make me feel like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember uh, Luis, that's cool. But it won't give me the same feeling mm. or the same connection or the same response physiologically and, and neurochemically that I would get from actually having that conversation with you, whether it's on the phone, ideally on the phone, yeah. or if we can't do it in person, next best bet is on the phone. And then it's, you know, messaging after that. Right. Okay. Uh, so don't just scroll through, don't just like and feel that you're being connected with that person. Uh, reach out, <laughs> reach out to the people, uh, reach out to your friends. If you're truly a friend, you know, they, they want to hear from you. Um, well, awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Uh, Reef Kareem for, for being on, the Smarter Brain Now show with us. Uh, you gave us some great insight, and I know a lot of people listening right now are going to be able to take this information and apply it to their lives and and come out of this situation a better person because um, I think a lot of people uh, feel that they're stuck and they there is no hope um, because of what's going on, but, but there is hope, and we have to keep that hope alive. Connect with others. Reach out to people. Make sure that you are growing as a person, as a human being, um, by doing the best that you can personally to grow, whether it's picking up that book that you've been putting off or 
learning how to build solar systems like I am, uh, whatever it is, do some contribution work. I think that's what's going to help us all. Because um, I, I see that a lot here in Puerto Rico. At, um, I just came back right before this interview. Uh, we fed over 50 families. We gave them boxes of food, uh, milk, uh, some chicken. And um, we've been I've been doing that every week, multiple times um, per week ever since I got here. And I, I see the connectiveness that the people here have with each other. They want to help each other out. They want to go out and and um, and do something good for the community, even though it's not the wealthiest of places here, but they, they do the best they can with what they have and the resources they have available. And that's just amazing, amazing to see. Um, so I think if everybody can do something like that back home, it would definitely help us out coming out of um, the situation because we will not be in this place forever, people. <laughs> we will come out of this. So thank you so much again. Um, is there any final words, final thoughts that you want to share with the people? Uh, where can we connect with you on Instagram, the websites, all that, all that good stuff? Yeah. So first off, uh, I just want to mention uh, and, and, and piggyback what you just said that we are all definitely coming out of this. The majority of, majority of us will be totally fine. And if, if anything else, if you use this time to read a little more, learn a little more, expand your mind a little more, create a little more, um, Connect with people you haven't connected with in a long time in your network or your friendships or even your family members. Talk on the phone a little more. Be a little more human um, during this time. You will come out so much better when this is all over. Uh, you will thank yourself for it. It's hard because we we have uncertainty as to when that day is going to be, but it's it's just it's absolutely necessary and it's crucial. And so I'm glad you're doing, you know, podcasts like this. And this is why I'm doing interviews to, to try to give people some good ideas. Um, if anybody wants to go any deeper on what we're talking about, just go to, um, just go to newnormalmanual.com, newnormalmanual.com, or just go to reefkareem.com and you'll see, uh, you'll see something you can download there. And it's like a 32 page guide. It can totally help you. Some families are going through it together, some relationship, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whoever going through it together. Um, people, it's, it's helped a lot of people and I hope it can help a lot more, both of these manuals. And if you uh, ever need to reach out to me, my email is reef at reef Kareem, K A R I M.com. And on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, you know, you can just type in my name and you'll see it. Um, and, and the other thing I want to mention is, uh, Luis, you should, uh, you should definitely do more salsa dancing. <laughs> my, uh, my girlfriend is a world champion salsa dancer. Oh, no way. I got to yeah, connect with she, her. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, I think she's like a 20 time, uh, national USA and world champion dancer. So she's ridiculously good. So I should, uh, I'll give you her info. So yeah, you can, that uh, would be awesome. I'm, we're, I'm just stuck here and I picked up the iPad. I'm like, okay, let me learn. I'm like dancing by myself, but it's something. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, thank you. Thank you for the, the platform. And I hope, uh, I hope your audience uh, was able to get something from it. They definitely did. So uh, thank you guys so much. I'll post all the links um, for Dr. Reeves information where you can get the, the documents in the description. Make sure to check that out. Like this, subscribe, share it with your friends so they can also listen in and get this valuable information uh, that the doctor just shared with you guys. So um, thank you guys so much. Have an amazing day. Stay up, keep learning and keep growing.